Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us for this podcast. Our overarching theme at this time of year is Kingdom, the Kingship of Christ, and also Remembrance, hence the red altar frontal behind me. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our special service for All Souls Tide when we remember before God friends and family members who have passed away. There will be an anthem later during this service when we shall be lighting candles in their memory here in church and this might be a time for those of you listening at home 
to remember those whom you have loved and lost and perhaps light candles of your own as you remember them with thanksgiving. But wherever you are this evening, we are all united in this act of commemoration. Let us pray. Father of mercies and God of all consolation, you surround us with your love and dispel the shadow of death with the hope of new life with you. Comfort us in our loss and in all times of sorrow. Be our refuge and our strength when times are hard and lift us from the depths of grief into the peace and light of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A reading from Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know when I sit or when I stand. You comprehend my thoughts long before. You discern my path and the places where I rest. You are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but you, Lord, know it altogether. You have encompassed me behind and before, and have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, so high that I cannot endure it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there also. If I spread out my wings towards the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the night will enclose me, the darkness is no darkness with you, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike. Thanks be to God.
Attempts at the Rational Approach by Edna Eglinton It isn't in the important situations that I miss you. There is always someone who will help when the toilet floods or the tiles blow down. I've learnt to wire a plug, put up a shelf, to improvise, make do or go without. I've grown a hardened shell to wear when walking on my own into restaurants, theatres, cinemas and bars. I have grown accustomed to causing an odd number, being partnerless at parties, disturbing symmetry. Till suddenly I hear the name of a place we used to visit, see a snippet in the paper about an old-time friend, think of a silly pun which you would understand. I have learnt new thoughts, new skills, tested new ventures, found diversion in a dozen first-time ways. But when the car keys disappear from where I left them, when next door's prowling cat finds an open window, when the sugar bowl slides off the kitchen table, there is no one here to shout at.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I attended my interview for a place at the Theological College where eventually I was to train for the ordained ministry, the college in question had recently appointed a new member of staff called Robert Hamilton. Robert was a bit of a whiz kid who was clearly destined for great things. He was young, he was incredibly bright, he was a natural academic, he was a highly accomplished musician alongside his range of other gifts and talents which were considerable. And above all, he was also a thoroughly delightful human being. He was incredibly well liked by both students and staff. So it was clear from the outset that he was going to prove to be a tremendous asset to the life of the college. Robert had joined the staff at the beginning of the autumn term and my interview there was just after Christmas when he'd been in post for just over a term. But unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him because at the time of my visit, he was in hospital. He had returned to work after the Christmas break looking extremely tired and unwell, and he very soon went off sick. And before the end of his second term on the staff of that college, he was dead, the tragic victim of an unusually cruel and aggressive form of cancer. Although I never actually had a chance to meet him because his time at the college was so short, I did get to know his mother, whom I later visited in her home. Robert had been an only child, and just a couple of years before his own shocking and untimely death, his father had also passed away. So within the space of two short years, his poor mother lost both her much-loved husband of many years and her only child. Having been part of an incredibly close family of three for such a huge part of her life, she now found herself completely alone with the prospect of more than a decade of life ahead of her dealing with that aloneness. Death can be very harsh and very unyielding sometimes with an impact that is utterly devastating regardless of the circumstances. The loss of someone who dies old and full of years can still throw us completely off balance when it eventually happens, however much we feel we were reconciled to its inevitability before it actually happens. But when death knocks at the door unannounced, when it strikes down someone who is young and able, someone who self-evidently still has so much quality living to do, as was so clearly the case in Robert's story, then the sheer appalling pointlessness of such a waste of life can feel completely overwhelming. And it goes without saying, of course, that regardless of the age of the person, the greater the love that we have for that individual human being, the greater will be our sense of loss. Young and old, good and bad, those with a dazzling future ahead of them, those with no future at all. It can still feel so very hard to make any sense of that loss. 
And the process of readjustment after the death of someone close can be unimaginably hard too, although readjust we must. One of the reasons why I chose as one of our readings this evening Edna Eglinton's poem, Attempts at the Rational Approach, is because she describes that experience and reflects upon it with such extraordinary honesty and insight. In her case, in relation to the loss of a much-loved life partner. As she observes in her poem, in her own case, the situations in which she feels that loss most acutely are not necessarily the ones that one might have expected. It's not when major crises strike, because she can always get people to step in and help in an emergency. Nor is it the difficulty and discomfort she faces when having to attend social gatherings alone rather than as part of a couple because she has developed a hardened shell to help shield her from such feelings. Nor is it even the simple matter of having to spend time alone because she has adopted all kinds of strategies to do just that, just as she's found new ways to fill the empty hours. No, it is her encounters with the trivial frustrations of life, those incidents that are exasperating, but actually pretty inconsequential. It is then that she feels her aloneness most acutely, realizing that she now has no one to shout at but herself. And of course, in voicing that, she also recognises in a painfully honest and remarkably insightful way that it is so often those who are closest to us, those who are so much part of the fabric of our lives, whom we end up taking completely for granted until they are no longer there. The people it feels safe for us to dump, up, dump on, shout at, perhaps even use as emotional punch bags, those are the people whose loss hits us hardest. And the truest, deepest moments of aloneness are for her, found in those moments, an observation that is both disarming and courageous in its honesty. So, where can true healing be found when one's heart is utterly broken? That's a tough one. The passage of time can certainly make a difference when the sheer physicality of emotional turmoil begins to subside a little, when you catch yourself laughing for the first time, or managing to spend a whole evening without any sense that grief is also there in the room with you. But the passage of time alone is unlikely to resolve everything simply because we do not cease to love someone simply because we are parted from them, however long that separation may prove to be. And when someone irreplaceable is lost to us, there will always remain a jagged hole in the fabric of the world that they have left behind. Which is the reason why, to accompany the poem that we heard this evening, I've chosen as our biblical reading 
that extraordinary passage from Psalm 139, which, incidentally, I chose to include in the funeral service for my own mother. The words of that psalm were probably written around 3,000 years ago, and they remain the most powerful affirmation that I've ever come across of the all-embracing love of God, of the reality of that love, a love that surrounded us in the womb, a love that will still surround us in the grave, a love that is always there for us, sometimes too close for us even to be aware of it, a love that can hold us gently but safely when we need it most. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there also. If I spread out my wings towards the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will enclose me, the darkness is no darkness with you, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike. Perhaps the task that lies ahead of each one of us is not to strive to do our best to close up that jagged hole that's left behind in the fabric of our lives when someone close is lost to us, but rather to do our very best to try to fill that void with love. Amen.
Father of all, we pray to you for those whom we love but see no longer. Grant them your peace and may light perpetual shine upon them. And in the silence of our hearts, we name before you any others whose loss we mourn, and all lost souls whose names are known to you alone.
death. Be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go. Rest of their bones and soul's delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy or charms can make us sleep as well and easier than thy stroke. Why swell'st thou then? One short sleep past, we live eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die.
Let us pray. Jesus, the light of the world, you gave the man born blind the gift of sight. Bring light into the darkest places of our world and the darkest places of our hearts. Open anew the eye of faith within us and bring us from darkness to your eternal light and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, Son of the living God, you summoned your friend Lazarus from death to life. Raise us up at the last to full and eternal life with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, crucified Saviour, in your dying you entrusted to each other Mary, your mother, and John, your beloved disciple. Sustain and comfort all who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, our way and truth and life, you drew your disciple Thomas from doubt to faith. Reveal the resurrection faith to any who are doubting or lost or afraid. And we commend to your care any whom we know who are in need of our prayers at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May God, in his infinite love and mercy, Bring the whole church living and departed in the Lord Jesus to a joyful resurrection and the fulfilment of his eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our prayers this evening, we hold before God all his suffering children the world over. We continue to pray for Israel and Gaza, for all those killed, injured or bereaved. We pray for the leaders of the nations and all in positions of authority. We pray for those who work for peace in our world. And we remember journalists especially in those lands of conflict. And we pray for all who are sick, especially those from our own community in this city and around the world. We pray for those in the medical profession and all who care for them. We pray for all who spend this night alone or fearful for the future. Surround them all with your healing love and help them to know your peace. Watch, dear Lord, with those who wake or watch or weep tonight and give your holy angels charge over those who sleep. Tend your sick ones, O Lord Christ. Rest your weary ones, bless your dying ones. Soothe your suffering ones, pity your afflicted ones, 
and shield your joyous ones, and all for your love's sake. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And let us join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.